0: Back to Biblical Time Machine, a podcast in which we explore the historical context of the Bible. We got New Testament, Old Testament, everything in between. I am your host, Dave Roos. I am a journalist who likes to write about these kind of things, about the culture and history of, of different religious movements. And uh, most importantly, I'm here with my co host, Helen Bond, professor of Christian origins and head of the School of Divinity. At the University of Edinburgh, and uh, first of all, hey, hello, Helen. How are you doing?
1: Hi there, Dave. I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty great. Um, Good. We've we've talked about in a past episode Jesus's female disciples, but we skipped over uh, somebody who I guess that's the big question for you is is was she one of the female disciples? We didn't talk about uh, his mother, Mary, you know, aka the Virgin Mary. Um, so maybe we'll start there. Do you think that Mary, his mom, kind of should be counted among his disciples?
1: Well, it's not as easy as you might think to answer that question. Um, on one hand, we have the birth stories, and um, of course, there she she could almost be the very first disciple. She's the sort of the first one to to hear the good news about Jesus mm. and to. Openly accept that she's going to be part of the story, but a lot of historical Jesus scholars think that um, the the birth stories in the Gospels are not historical. They're all part of the tradition of sort of bigging up Mary later hmm. on. And I'm sure this is something we'll come come onto later. Yeah. That um, you know this idea in the late first century that Jesus needs this sort of spectacular birth. So if we put them to one side, we've then then got kind of different. Um, almost competing traditions in Mark's gospel, which is the earliest gospel. She she comes over as as someone who's really not part of Jesus's movement. There's a story in chapter three of Mark that that she and her, her children come to take Jesus home because they say every, everybody says he's gone mad. He's not eating. He's just kind of gone crazy. And they're right. wanting to take him back home. You know, what's what's our son doing here? Um Meanwhile, in John's gospel, she's there at the beginning of the ministry in the marriage at Cana. It's almost as if she kind of precipitates the ministry. She goes to Jesus and says, you know, the wine's run out. What are you Mm going to do about it? Almost, and, And he says, my hour's not come. And she says, well, you know, okay. Um, she says to everybody else, do whatever it is he says. Mm. So she almost kind of gets him going. And mm. of course, in John's gospel, she's also there at the end at the crucifixion. So in this gospel, she's very much part of things. And then in the Acts of the Apostles, she pops up there at um, at the story of Pentecost. She's also mm. there in the upper room. So, so sort of navigating this is it's difficult. It it might be that um, that, you know, she was she did have her doubts about things originally in the early days, but then perhaps she was in Jerusalem later on. And, um, and there's traditions that Jesus's brother James, who also wasn't a follower of Jesus um, during his lifetime, but he seems to have seen some kind of vision of the resurrected Jesus, and that then made him, made him become a follower. And in fact, he became the, the leader of the Jerusalem mm. church. So perhaps towards the end, she did become a follower of Jesus, but it's, it, it is more difficult than you would yeah. think initially trying to sort of navigate these different traditions.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, let's, I mean, we'll, we'll, we're going to get into some of those differences in the Gospels in a second, but maybe let's get some historical background. We can hop in our time machine and travel back <laughs> to the first century A.D. and uh, talk about what some of these kind of terms mean. So something that confuses me about Mary when we're sort of introduced to her and her relationship with Joseph, that they are betrothed or betrothed i don't have betrothed so what does that mean are they they're married they're they're are they uh, engaged what we what we call that like what is betrothed
1: yeah it's i suppose it's like we would think of as an engagement but mm-hmm. it's it's more sort of legally binding than an engagement so as far as we know and and this is sort of largely based on um later sources but as far as we know a marriage like this would have been arranged by the couple's family. Um, they would have agreed to it um, and that would have been the first sort of the betrothal. Um, then the couple would have lived apart, perhaps for as much as a year, hmm. after which time... Um, there would have been the the marriage ceremony itself and so there would have been a, a big sort of procession from the bride's house to the groom's house um and it would all be sort of all very um you know joyous and music and then um eating and feasting and dancing um a bit like a wedding today i suppose but um but you know the the betrothal itself was was legally binding
0: okay so they when they say they were betrothed so we have this arranged marriage in this time, would uh, I mean, I'm gonna say I'm gonna use the word woman, but would she possibly have been like 12, 13 years old? Like, did that kind of thing happen?
1: Yes, I mean, horrendously young from our perspective. I mean, mm. a girl was considered, um, a woman, I suppose, of legal age by about 12 and a half. So basically, mm. when uh, when you started your periods, you know, when at yeah. at, at, at um. At, at puberty you are considered of marriageable age i mean there's lots of discussion in the rabbis who say um, you know that's too too young mm. and it's better to leave it a little bit later which of course you know medically we would agree with now too um but but there certainly were um instances of people getting engaged and and presumably married um yeah. at at a much much younger age than than we would think decent nowadays
0: yeah so if okay so mary Probably pretty young. It, it was there a tradition that that were these girls slash women married off to older men. Like, would we assume that Joseph was considerably older?
1: Yes, nearly always. I mean, this this was sort of the expectation of the day that that a younger woman would be married to an older man, because of course the man is then going to be the head of the family and is going to have to sort of support them in some way or another. So he might be t- as much as ten years, perhaps even older than mm. that um, and 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 this is this is the case throughout the whole of the the Mediterranean societies it's not just um, within Jewish um, within Judaism it's um, sure. the Romans as well so so the man might have been quite a lot older sometimes very much older you know yeah. and, and and also This is a time of very high um, mortality rates. It was it was uncommon for two people to marry and to stay with one another to old age. Quite Mm -hmm. often people died, often dying in childbirth and sort of serial monogamy was was the norm. So Mm -hmm. um, you might find an older man who had children, perhaps whose wife had died and then he might well marry a younger, younger woman.
0: Yeah, is that. Are there some traditions that that might have been the case here that maybe explains some of the brothers and sisters of Jesus kind of thing. Could Joseph have been a widow and had kids, you know, that he brought into this relationship?
1: Yeah, that's exactly the um, the story in a document called The Proto-Evangelium of James. Um, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about that one. That yeah, one it comes something. from the second century. It's a really, really fascinating document. It's kind of a, a prequel to the Gospels. It's the story of Mary and Mary, Mary's youth. Um, but in that that Gospel, um Mary is married to a much older man who Mm. is a widow and uh, a widower, and he has children. And then this is the explanation for um, Jesus's brothers in the mm-hmm. Gospels. And, and and this is the, 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 the story largely favoured by Catholic scholars mm-hmm. um, and people who want to say that Mary was perpetually a virgin. So right. if Mary was perpetually a virgin, where do these brothers and sisters come from in the sure. Gospels? So the answer is, uh, well, they're not proper brothers and sisters they're actually kind of like step brothers and mm-hmm. sisters or mm-hmm. some people say maybe cousins but um the proto evangelium of James has them as joseph's children from an earlier marriage okay. and so in the protoevangelium of James um Mary and Joseph don't have sexual relations at all they're sure. um, very chaste and so Mary uh, continues as a virgin all her days
0: um, well that I mean so we're, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about You know virginity, the pure, the importance of purity, in in that story for sure. But talking about first century, you know Judaism. So how important, or what, what was, how important was virginity for the, for the bride? So for this, you know, young woman presumably, you know how, how critical was that to this relationship or to this, you know, contract you could call it, I guess. (laughs)
1: Well, the sources give the impression, certainly, that virginity is really important. Um, And, you know, so a man wants a virgin bride. And obviously, that's the only way he can be 100 percent sure that the children are his children and there's no paternity tests or anything like that in the ancient world. So I think that's where virginity is most important. And of course, that's going to be most important to members of the elite, people who have things to property to to leave, um, assets. Mm. You do wonder sometimes in a rural context whether virginity was quite so important, um, and even whether the couple themselves might have, um, necessarily kept apart for the whole Mm. of that year. Certainly in some, um, in some very rural communities in in scotland for example because of low um birth rates and things it was actually important for people to to know that they could produce a child mm. before they got married <laughs> so um yeah you know that all all last all our information comes from quite elite um right. reflections on these things so certainly that the, the prize virtue was to be um to be Uh, pure and virginal on your on your um, marriage day though whether the reality was always quite the same particularly in rural galilee who knows Mm.
0: yeah yeah. so i was gonna you brought up the idea that you know people generally didn't both survive into old age together joseph Kind of disappears from the st- from the narrative in, in the gospels. Is there a understanding or a tradition that that he died? You know, b- while Jesus was still alive.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's what most people assume from this. Mm. Um, I mean, I, th- I suppose one thing is that the gospels are are talking about Jesus's father so much as God. You know, the God Mm -hmm. of Israel is Jesus's father. And and Joseph very much gets sidelined. So Mm. he's not even mentioned at all in Mark's gospel, Mm. Um, but he is mentioned in the others. And I suppose um, the, the most likely reason why he's just such a shadowy figure is that he has died by this stage mm. um, and that would be quite normal i mean living till 40 as a man was you know good going right. so um and if he
0: was older like we talked about then, uh, yeah, yeah
1: exactly particularly if jesus was around about 30 again we don't know actually how old he was when he started his ministry but if he mm. was f- around about that sort of age you know he'd be he'd be doing well still to have a father met most people at that right. age wouldn't have a dad anymore
0: okay well i i asked that because yeah like I, I'm, I'm gonna ask you next to kind of help paint a picture if we're talking about you know this 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 young woman who who gets married she and then she's living in, like you said she's living in galilee she's a peasant she might have lost her husband um talk to me about like what life would have been like for mary like in in this in this world back in the first century
1: I think life would have been really tough for a peasant woman. I mean, it would have just been work from, from dawn to dusk. I mean, no, no down, no downtime, no, no enjoyment really. Um, I, there were just so many things to be done. There was water to be fetched. There was. Meals to be made, bread to be mm. made. You know, you're making everything from scratch. You've got to, you've got to go and buy the stuff. You've got to to make the food. And um, there's kids to be looked mm. after. Full time job on its own. Um, maybe maybe looking after some small animals. Maybe you've got a patch of land. Um, yeah, just busy the whole time.
0: And then when you said looking after children, I mean, I, I just think it's kind of interesting to think about. You know uh, what? What a mother's relationship with her son—you know—would have been like in this in this time. Like, it would do? Would Jesus have gone to any kind of school, or would he pretty much been raised as within the family at home?
1: Yeah, they didn't have schools in um, in the first century. Certainly not for 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 people of Jesus's class. Mm. So schools were very much the preserve for the elite, and 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 I mean, there were schools. Um, there were sort of schoolmasters, but but largely if you came from a a well-to-do family you know you would employ a tutor Mm. but but for somebody like jesus um no, there wouldn't have been any, any way to, to, to learn your, your letters. But, but the, what it was expected in Judaism that, um, that the parents taught the children about the Jewish law. Mm. Um, so it would have been particularly the mother's duty at first to make sure that he did know some things about, about Judaism, about his own belief, about you know, the story of Israel. So, so I like to think of her kind of sitting Jesus on her knee mm. and telling him the stories of old. And, and maybe it was her who who told him to you know consider the lilies of the mm. field and and to look at the world around him um yeah you know i think so much of of jesus's teaching may well have come from his mother originally who knows yeah
0: no i think that's it is fascinating to think about like like you said if it was the mother's job to kind of lay that foundation of understanding like yeah how much how much of of jesus's thinking might have come originally through through mary i mean obviously we don't know we can't know but it's a great little thought experiment isn't it
1: yeah and jesus was born around about the time that um, there was great upheaval in galilee too it was the end of um when, when herod the great died there was great um revolts and the romans sent the legions in and um and again you wonder just how much you know a peasant woman who'd who'd experienced this who had been you know of of childbearing age at at, at the time that the the legions came in what she'd told Mm. him about about kings and empires and um all of these things so um yeah, it's just kind of like the forgotten backstory of
0: Jesus. Yeah. He, I mean, it, it didn't come out of nowhere. Probably he had to he had to get these yeah. ideas from somewhere. Yeah. So wow. Well, all right. Well, let's let's get let's get back to the what the gospels tell us and don't tell us about about Mary. So, like you mentioned, the earliest writings, um, you have Paul's writing and and then Mark's gospel are pretty mum about. Mary, right? Like she, Paul, I I was trying to (laughs) look this up. (laughs) (laughs) She, she just, he says one, like he was born of a woman and that's all we get out of Paul, right? No name. Is it significant that he doesn't name Mary at all?
1: I think he's just got no interest in mm. Mary. I mean, and and I mean, it's a weird thing to say. I mean, he was just, you know, born in a fleshly, normal kind of way. I think that's all he's saying. Yeah. But he he doesn't think Mary's mother has anything to contribute to to the argument. He's just not not bothered Um, and 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 then mark mm. really doesn't have much to say either you know mark's gospel it's it's she's just this rather kind of negative character Mm. really and she wants to take him home and then and then later on in chapter six um jesus sort of distances himself from all of his family when he goes back to nazareth And, and there's no sign of them when he goes to nazareth to the synagogue and they don't show up, mm. you know, as far as we know, there's no sign of them. They're, they're, they're kind of keeping a wide berth. So, um, it is strange that the earliest texts say, say so little, or in Mark's case, you know, seem to be quite negative. Mm.
0: Yeah. And, and, and Mary, you know, like the people in the synagogue say like, isn't, isn't this guy, the son of Mary? Like the, so certainly the people in that community that meant like, isn't he just a regular guy? Like, isn't he the son of this regular woman that everybody knows?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, some people have said that that's an odd way to refer to Hmm. him. And uh, you know, normally you would say, isn't he the son of Joseph? And so why are they saying the son of the son of Mary? And, People often answer that by saying, well, maybe as we talked about before, um, Joseph has died a Hmm. long time ago. And so, you know, nobody really remembers Joseph anymore. Um, People also sometimes said, well, maybe there's something slightly unusual about his birth. You know, maybe he was illegitimate or something Hmm. a bit strange. And so um, they're signaling that by saying the the son of Mary. Um, I think we just can't yeah well, I didn't from, no, I didn't think about how
0: unusual that, that would but... have been well that makes sense yeah. um all right, so we have those accounts where she's kind of sidelined, and then you have Luke now Luke is that that's the only gospel that has like the Annunciation story like the visiting of the angel pronouncing you know saying this is yeah. what's gonna happen okay yeah, um yeah, so what do we know anything about when Luke was written or any kind of context that would explain why we suddenly have this? this completely different, you know, new narrative about the pre-birth of Jesus.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, Luke is the only one to have the Annunciation, but um, Matthew also has a birth story. um, but, But Luke is far more centered on... Mary, Mm. the mother of Jesus, whereas Matthew sort of focuses more on Joseph. Mm. But I mean, there are very, very different stories. I mean, it's not just, you know, two different perspectives you can put together. And I think there are, there's a couple of reasons why people think that these stories suddenly start circulating around about the late first century, which is when both of these gospels were written. And one is, I think that um, it just tends to be the thing that um you know great men attract stories of great births hmm. so um particularly kings so um if you're saying jesus is some kind of messiah figure then of course you're gonna say well there were sort of unusual things in nature and you get lots of stories in the old testament about you know the mothers are always barren right. or um some reason they can't have children or they're old or or, or both old and barren um, in the case of jesus um the gospel writers want to go one stage further, and so you get this in Luke that that uh, Mary is, um, you know, both um, she, she's not just barren, uh, but she's a young woman and and she's a virgin. Mm. Um, so I think there's that sort of pushing it, but there's also the question of when exactly did Jesus become the Son of God? Mm. In Mark's gospel, you kind of imagine that it's at the the moment of baptism, because Mark starts with baptism, mm. but Matthew and Luke both seem to want to say, well, actually, it wasn't at the baptism. He was always the son of God. And so they sort of push things back to um, to the moment of conception. That's when he became the, the son of God. So I think you've got both of these forces pushing things back, but also because he's a great man. And of course, he must have had a great
0: birth. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So let's take it a step further. Like you mentioned, there is this How how do we pronounce it? Proto evangelium? Is that
1: Proto Evangelium -evangelium James? Proto Evangelium. (laughs) It's a great it's a great text, you really everybody. It is I
0: I read it. It was fascinating. So (laughs) but this comes very early, right? So what second century?
1: It is, it's about second century, yeah. So
0: not long after we get the the last gospels, this comes along and and like you said. Kind of gives so many more details, so it goes into the birth of Mary. Again, the story of before the birth of Mary, that her miraculous birth herself. But so many of these, so many of the parts of the story are focused on her, you know, purity and virginity. Again, I mean, it just it seems obvious to me that we're trying to bolster the idea again that that she has to be the virgin. I mean, that Jesus has to be the son of God because you know this this was this pure vessel that uh, that he was born into but give me some of the details about this story because there's there's some fascinating parts of the proto evangelium
1: yes well as you say, it's it's a sort of a prequel to the the gospels and it's 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 really focusing on on mary which which in itself is 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 quite um, quite a strange thing mm. given second century you'd imagine that we're still in very patriarchal times of course the main point of the story is to say something about jesus so Mary is kind of bigged up um to to to, to make her a, a fitting mother for, mm. for for Jesus. Um but all sorts of stories about um I mean lovely little stories about her 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 own parents, Anna and Joachim, um, they they can't have a child, and and sort of various things happen, and 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 they manage to to have this child, and and like uh, the mother of Samson in the Old Testament, there's lots of Old Testament references, mm. and and they dedicate their child to the the temple, right. so. Little Mary grows up in the temple, and there's this lo- lovely story of her at age three dancing on the steps of the temple, and Ryan. angels are coming down, and they're giving her food from their hands. Hmm. And um, little Mary grows up, and she's all sort of pure and and everything. And hmm. and then they need somebody to make a, a to sew the the the. Um, a curtain in the temple the temple veil and of course they ch- Mary is the obvious one to choose and so she's busily sort of making this this temple veil which of course will come again at the end of the story of Jesus where it r- rips into oh, right. at the moment of his death and um so it's sort of weaving all kinds of stories um but in in that, um, she gets to uh, 12 and they realize that, you know, you can't have a menstruating girl in the temple. Mm. So they've got to marry her off. Um, but because she's so pure and innocent, they they can't marry her to a, a regular guy. <laughs> she can't. She can't just sort of start having normal life mm-hmm. and, and and kids. So they they marry her off to this old chap who really has no interest in anything like that. Yeah, and he um, and he yeah, kind of yeah, fights I, back.
0: He's like, uh, people are gonna laugh at me. Like this kid is, you know, she's as young as my yeah. children. Like this isn't gonna work out. And then they convince him, like, yeah, just keep her in your house. It'll be fine.
1: Exactly. So he's really just there to kind of guard her, look after her. He's very much a sort of a father figure yeah. for her. Um and, and and then of course you have the whole story of how she then um you know, that the story then sort of interacts with the the gospel mm-hmm. accounts of how she then um has the visitation from the angel and um and it and it ends with Jesus um being born actually in a cave. In a cave. I was gonna ask like Jewish is there
0: any does that relate to any other traditions? Of, like, where did this cave come from?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is it, – there are these very old traditions that Jesus was born in a okay. cave, but w- whether they come from before the Proto-Evangelium or whether this is um, – it's strange. But, but the strangest thing of all, actually, I always think about the Proto-Evangelium is that just as Mary has, I mean, Mary, Mary then gives birth to, to, to Jesus and, and a cloud sort of comes down and shadows the whole right. thing and the cloud goes up and, lo, there is a baby. <laughs> but um, but then this passing midwife is yeah, um, just character. sort of outside. <laughs> and Joseph, Joseph is running around sort of not knowing what to do. <laughs> not realizing that actually everything is really straightforward <laughs> and he comes back in with this midwife salome yeah. and um and and again she she sort of says well i i don't believe that mary is a virgin right. i'll have to check for myself yeah. so she she sort of gets down and she doesn't see she doesn't help in any no. way she's absolutely no use to anybody all she's bothered about is checking whether mary is still and a that virgin. that was a
0: bad idea right and
1: um <laughs> it was a very bad idea because uh, she gets her fingers burnt yeah. but uh, <laughs> she her fingers... for doubting and
0: then she but she gets healed because she like holds the baby Jesus and that heals her. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. It's the first the first healing miracle but but again the whole point of that is to show that despite despite even having a child yeah. mary is still intact mm-hmm. and so she is still rightly called the virgin i mean the whole thing you know it's from the 2nd century and in the greek world by this time so it is a world where virginity is very highly prized and it's it's important to say that mary is a virgin and this is also a world that has um virgin goddesses oh, okay um you know, it the goddess Isis or um, the Vestal Virgins or um, Diana. I mean, uh, many of these these um, goddesses are are um, virginal, and so oh. I think. That's All right, well, that's oh, that's
0: something I didn't I ask about. So I was asking about you know Jewish you know ideas about virginity, but you're saying within the Greek culture, much more focus, and much more an idea of like a, yeah. of a goddess in particular.
1: Yes yes exactly and and you get this strange thing about you know the goddess and the mother you can so mm. so the um the, the virgin and the mother um and you can be both in um it, it, i i mean Isis also is is a virgin but she's also a mother and this is um you know clearly only a goddess
0: can Yeah can well so do that kind i mean you bring that up i know that there's always been a lot of talk about you know is is the is the figure of the virgin mary and a was she kind of, you know, co-opted from these goddess cults like the sort of the virgin mother goddess cults that you're talking about. Like do we have evidence for that or is, is that a pretty popular theory or has it been debunked or how does that how does that stand?
1: I think it's still a pretty popular theory. I mean, I think it hmm. comes over mainly in art, you know, hmm. when you see her in the blue robes and you see her with the um with the stars and things, I mean very much in the in the manner of Isis, the queen of heaven, or the or Sibylle the mother goddess, and, and then again those representations of of Mary with Jesus sort of sitting on her lap, very much like um like ISIS and 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 her child on her lap, so so I think the artwork does show that there are links here, and and it makes sense. I mean, if you're if you're a a Roman person, you become you know you've been used to being a follower of ISIS or these other female cults, and you become a Christian, then you know what are you going to do? You're not just going to stop having that need for a female figure. You're just going to start kind of putting all of those um attributes and aspirations onto onto mary and so I, I think part of this veneration of mary has has come out of sort of these these older hmm. goddess um worshipers
0: yeah yeah and i know that's yeah that, that that theory is not taken kindly by a lot of a lot of christian scholars but it's it, it there's there's some logic to it all right so we've yeah we've talked about this proto-evangelium but we we've we let's let's back up let's back up to the gospels for a second because because like you said earlier in John, Mary does make a lot more appearances. So first of all, she's there at his at his first miracle, um at the wedding at, at Cana. And then what do you, I, I really like the interaction that she has with Jesus. I don't know. The conversation is is very just sort of normal. It's like, uh, you know, they're out of wine, and he's like, What am I supposed to do about that? and, <laughs> and then she says <laughs> you know yeah like you said says the service, do whatever he says and then you know maybe she kind of prodded him to perform his first his first miracle is that something we could read out of that interaction
1: yeah i think so i mean women actually come over quite well in john's gospel they always seem to get it in a way hmm. that the male disciples don't necessarily do and so mary seems to get it before you know there's anything to get you know jesus hasn't done anything yet and she um as you say, he she says to to the people, you know, just do what he says. But um, so yeah, no, it, it's an interesting story, and 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 why John decided to tell it in that way with 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 Mary yeah. there. Um, there's There's lots of sort of divine wisdom imagery around there and and divine wisdom is is a female character okay. in the Old Testament. So whether that sort of helps John to kind of think in terms of of females playing parts, I don't know, but but certainly in John's gospel, I mean mary is is there at the beginning, and she's also there at the end. She's mm. there at the cross. So she kind of bookends the two the two. is that um, is that the only gospel where bits. she's
0: there at the named at the cross at the end?
1: It is. It is. I mean, some people have argued that she's there in um, Mark's gospel because it says that Mary, the mother of James and Josephs, was there. And we do hmm. know that two of the names of Jesus's brothers was hmm. James and Josephs. But it seems a very strange way to refer to Mary, his mother, right. to say, you know, oh, there was this Mary, who's the mother of James and Joseph, was there. Why not just say Mary, his mother, sure. was there? um you know that's kind of really odd so given that james and joseph were common names and as was mary <laughs> um i think it's more likely that it's just another person so so mark uh, mark doesn't say mary the mother was there but then he also he says that there were these women and he says and many other women so he hmm. doesn't exclude the possibility that that mary was but there. but then yeah like you said um, in, in
0: john very clear so you have this interaction with you know jesus is on the cross some of his last words are directed to his mother and about his mother talk talk about that interaction
1: yeah i mean she she's not just there you know watching um jesus jesus kind of brings her in And, and there's this other very mysterious disciple in john's gospel called the um the beloved disciple who we don't really know who he is, but he's this sort of idealized figure. Oh. And so he is also there at the cross at the end. And Jesus from the cross, um, speaks to them both. And he says, you know, mother, a woman, he always calls her a woman, a woman. <laughs> he never, he never get the name like of that, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> it's a woman. Behold your son. And, and then says to the beloved disciple, you know, your mother. And, um, and so, sort of, there's that sort of mother son relationship with them, but it's also interesting because there's all sorts of imagery of um, Genesis and the Garden, and and there's almost like a kind of a, a new beginning there. Hmm. So it's almost as if these two figures, the male and the female figures, are going to be kind of the start of something new. Hmm. You know, the new family, the new family. Oh, the um,
0: beloved it's, disciple it's, and Mary, you're saying, are the two figures. Okay. Yeah,
1: but but clearly they're kind of it's a mother and, a, and her son. It's not kind of a male and a female sure. um, in a sort of Adam and Eve kind of way. But but um there is that sort of sense of you are now the beginning of this oh, new wow. community mm. that's gonna grow into something. But um but I mean you know and, and and that story then sort of started all kinds of church tradition that has um has them going off to Ephesus and if you ever go to Ephesus there's a little house there where Mary supposedly lived out her days Oh
0: okay. well, cool <laughs> and so all right but then, and then in in acts so it does it does mention specifically again that Mary was there with with the remaining disciples when during the Pentecost so is that again would that be significant that you know, a woman or specifically Jesus's mother was there when this, you know, this Holy Spirit kind of rained down upon everybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, I suppose the idea is that, I mean, Luke specifically says that, you know, there were women there, including Mary, his mother. So he's imagining this kind of mixed group of um, the, the 11 disciples, as they now are, and presumably other male disciples, but also the women and Mary. Um I mean, it's just a, a very brief reference there that just puts her in the upper room and- and we don't hear anything more after that um but but interesting that she is there at at uh, Pentecost and she's she she is part of that kind of new Christian community after that
0: mm. Mm, I don't know. yeah it's again like you said, so would be so interesting to know like yeah, did she become more one of his followers, you know, after his as, after his crucifixion, or did she have some kind of experience? I mean, just just. But yeah. she,
1: she. I mean, she must also have been really old herself this, oh, yeah. by this time. I mean, assuming you know there is some history to this. I mean, if Jesus, if he was about thirty, she would presumably have been forty-five plus um by this time so um and as a 46 year old i I
0: know that's very old
1: (laughs) (laughs) you probably wouldn't have been around in the ancient world i I wouldn't have made it i I
0: wouldn't have survived childhood with my ear infections anyway so (laughs) what is this moment what so the council of ephesus so i I know that this was pointed out in a couple places as this is where they kind of cemented mary's position as mother of god so what is this Latin word, Theotokos? Theotokos,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's part of Mary's sort of great, great rise, I suppose. I mean, it it is quite incredible when you think about it to go from being a young peasant woman um, and whatever the sort of original historical Mary must have been. um, It's this, this need, I think, to sort of to give Jesus important parentage. So on his father's side, he's the son of God. Um, on his mother's side, he is this sort of virtually a goddess. I mean, she's mm-hmm. never called a goddess, of course, um, and she doesn't. She's not part of the Trinity, but but everything about the way she's described mm. is um, is as if she's a goddess, and um, and and so this is this is the highest honor that she gets to be the the bearer of God, the the, the mother of oh, God.
0: Man. And was that this Council of Ephesus? Like, what? Why was it? brought together like were they trying to kind of get rid of some heretical ideas that were going around and and cement her yeah
1: i mean all sorts of heresies i mean because this is this is you know early on when was this though um Ooh. Oh, <laughs> I can't remember. Um, but it's you know there's a whole series of these um, these these councils and things, and and they're trying to trying to work out you know what's what is orthodox Christian mm. belief and and all kinds of things that um, you know seemed reasonable to their proponents were were cast out and um, because this is this is a time when Christianity is still trying to define itself and work mm. out. What it means to be a christian who's in who's out what what kind of ideas can we accept what can we not accept um and so of course that the the position of mary becomes an important part of that where where does she fit into things um we've got the trinity but then how does mary fit into all of that
0: all right well man we've talked about a lot of a lot of very interesting things um helen as always i really appreciate all of your insight into this and uh and she does appear she is a chapter in your book let's plug the book again what's what's the name of of the book
1: it's called women remembered uh, jesus's female disciples right. and i wrote it jointly with joan taylor and it came out in 20 20- 22 I think <laughs> just this year was it just this year it seems like a long everything, time ago everything but yeah blurs no, it was... together.
0: but there's a, there's a chapter. <laughs> it was just last there's March. a chapter on Mary and and how many other how many other female disciples get a chapter
1: oh lots and lots, lots. of so many female disciples there must be about 10 or 12 nice. chapters all right
0: well I encourage our listeners to to find that book and read it and learn even more about Mary but Thank you again, Helen, and uh, we will be back next time with another episode of Biblical Time Machine. Bye.